when I travel. I want to stay in a place that's better than my own house or why would I leave? But now I'm almost to the point where with this house, I'm not sure I want to leave all the time because <laughs> I love it so much. <laughs> Welcome to the Art of Custom from Hibbs Homes. Sponsored by Pella Window and Doors and Ferguson Bath Kitchen and Lighting Gallery. In this episode, Kim talks to a previous client, Amy Desart, about the custom building and design process and how they work together to create her dream home. Then, Kim and Melody discuss other former projects and the experiences those families had along the way. Enjoy! This season, you've heard from industry leaders from around the country. We spoke with home builders, realtors, architects, designers, lenders, and even smart home experts while we walked you step-by-step through the art and science of custom home building. You've heard tips and insights from our side of the process. Well, today, we wanted you to get some perspective from the other side of the process. What is it really like to build a custom home, and who better to talk about the experience, the warts and all, than our homeowners themselves. Joining me in studio once again is our producer, Melody Miners. And Melody, as we look back over the last season and give everybody a look at what it's really like to turn your dream home into a forever home, that's really been you know, the basis for this whole podcast series. Right, and I think that we've taken each step of the process and broken down kind of the the nuts and bolts. But there's an emotional and storytelling component to it too. And we're turning this vision, this dream into a reality. So it's kind of nice to hear a little bit about that vision and that dream that we keep alluding to. And it's interesting because we started building homes back in 2004. But the one common thread with every client or potential client who walked through our door, they each had a vision, they each had a dream and they wanted to see that dream come to life. And so if you know you kind of put it in that perspective and you think, "Oh my gosh, we truly do get to make dreams come true for our families." But to your point, there's a story behind every single home we've built and every single family we've worked for, and that's kind of cool to think about. And I think that part of the home building process is, you know, kind of prioritizing as well and figuring all of that out and it's just really cool to be a part of turning that story into a reality. It is. And I remember one of our more recent accomplishments as we finished a home in the town and country area outside the greater St. Louis area. Just a wonderful client. Amy, we worked with her for several months during the design process, but we asked her to be a part of the podcast because she's one that truly had a unique story, not only during the design process, but also because her home was built during the pandemic. So that brought on some challenges of its own. So I had a chance to catch up with Amy a little bit earlier and share her story about building her dream home. Well, Amy, we certainly do appreciate you joining us. Take us back to the very beginning. When did you decide that maybe building a custom home was something you wanted to do? And then why did you take that leap? You know, over the years, I've lived in several different houses. I've actually built two houses that I would call more of a production type home where you have a few different styles and floor plans to choose from and get to customize a few things. But having lived in my last home for about 18 years, I just felt as though I was ready to build a home that 
totally met my needs. The functionality of how I lived from day to day and having lived in a variety of homes, you get to know what you like and what you don't like. And also, um, one of my hobbies is traveling, and I've traveled all around the world. And I wanted to be able to incorporate some of the things from my travels that I loved, because I always used to tell everybody when I traveled, I want to stay in a place that's better than my own house, or why would I live? But now I'm almost to the point where with this house, I'm not sure I want to leave all the time because <laughs> I love it so much. <laughs> well, it, it certainly is a beautiful home. And I, I remember the design process, sitting at your dining room table with the architect. What was that like? And would you have done anything differently now looking back on it? Well, I actually love the design process. I'm an accountant by trade and I love details. And so when we sat down, I had had a vision in my head of the floor plan that I wanted. I've been thinking about that for about five years, but I couldn't visualize what the actual house would look like. I wanted a ranch house, but I couldn't decide what should that house really look like. I liked contemporary. I liked mid-century modern. And I think sitting down with you and the architect and the fact that the two of you had worked together a lot. I think that was invaluable because we could go back and forth and, you know, talk about different things and what would work and what wouldn't work and how we could really design it to my personality as well as kind of make it unique. And I would say we achieved all of that through this process because I just hear from everybody that they love the design of my house, and it is unique. And I think it's important that those channels of communication, making sure that the architect, the homeowner, and the builder are all on the same page, and that's why we highly recommend trying to put your team together up front. You know, you mentioned the architect, Jim Bolesky. What a great guy. And Jim was actually on our podcast, the earlier episode, where we were talking a little bit about universal design and multi-generational design and everything. But Jim's a very talented architect. We've worked with him for you know many years and on many really cool projects. And so it's nice to hear you say that your friends are really complimentary of the design and how everything turned out. So that's got to make you thrilled too. Yes. And you know, Jim and I totally clicked. He helped create this vision. And I think it was great, Kim, because Jim and I could get out of line a little bit on, on the cost part of it. What do you mean you could? And, <laughs> and you would step in and help us realize and understand that maybe we needed to pull back a little bit. But that's what I loved about the three of us working together is that we kept things in line with my budget, you know, that I had set out up front and that I got everything I wanted and we figured out ways to make that happen. But I do think there is this connection between the builder, the architect, and the person building the home. And I think, Amy, it's important to let everybody know too, though, that yes, building the home, designing it, building it, it's a great process. But there are some hurdles and some challenges that come along the way. It's not all, you know, roses and sunshine and rainbows because it is a tough process to go through. You mentioned the budget. And one of the things that I know that I try to keep my eye on during the design phase is the budget. But I also know there's so many moving parts and pieces and costs that go up and costs that go down that for the most part, whenever you do come out with that first round of the budget, many times you do have to go back and take a look at, okay, where can we cut from here? What can we do to simplify? Maybe we have to shrink the room a little bit. And we had to do that with your budget as well. It wasn't horrible. You were very good about it. You being an accountant, understand the number component behind it and understand that, you know, sometimes 
sometimes you might have to give up a little bit. And I thought that that process, although we did have to go through it, I thought it went pretty well. Yeah, I I would agree. I have caviar taste, I would say. (laughs) (laughs) And I think some of that comes from my travels and seeing the different things I wanted. But in the end, I really do feel that with our back and forth and trying to keep things in line, I still got a lot of very unique things in my house and what I would call very quality finishes. But I did have to go back and forth because one of the problems that we ran into initially was that I purchased a home that had to be torn down and there had a swimming pool that had to be torn down and we ran into a soil problem that nobody expected. And so that was one of the things that set me back a little bit in the beginning And yes, I did have to go back and eliminate a couple things that I did want up front with my house. But overall, I think we came in so close to the original budget. And that was really the work back and forth between you and I, Kim, and your team trying to get everything I wanted, but see where we could trim some costs in some areas. We did. We had to work together. And I'll say it, you were very gracious about it. It worked out exceptionally well. There there were some times when it got a little bit tense, but you know, my team felt it because we knew you had a budget. We needed to meet that budget. We had a kind of a disconnect with the flooring at one particular time, but you know, my team actively got involved and found a solution and brought you pretty close to budget with that. Now it's interesting you mentioned your swimming pool. Do you remember this was in early winter and we we demolished your house and we were getting ready to pour the foundation and we had a horrible rainstorm. And so your entire (laughs) hole that we dug for your foundation literally filled up with water 10 feet deep. Do you remember that? I remember that. And I said, (laughs) well, maybe now I have the swimming pool and we build a pool house and I just live in that. I know. I sent you a picture and I said, (laughs) you know, here's your swimming pool and you reacted very well. And that's what we try to, to let people understand as far as the the construction process. It's a great experience, but you have to be prepared for the unknown and you just kind of have to roll with the punches. Yeah, I think that's important for people to know. I, I think people should understand that there's lots of decisions. So if you're not a good decision maker, it can be a little bit difficult. <laughs> um, so there's lots of decisions along the way. I think you also have to be very flexible. I think you should know that a custom home is going to take a little bit longer to build than a production home. But when you're in it, you see the difference, you know, and why it takes a little bit longer because everything is finished to perfection in my mind. And that's what you're looking for when you're building a custom home. Great point, and I'm glad you brought that up because we frequently are building homes in communities where you might have a production builder working on a home and not far away, we're working on a custom home. And the production home, I'm telling you right now, is going to finish two or three months earlier because it's a totally different process. They don't have the selection process. They don't have the attention to detail. They just do it differently than you do with a custom home. So so please don't expect the home to be built in the same amount of time. What other thoughts, what other advice do you have for those thinking about possible building a custom home? I think that you really need to have in your mind, you know, before you start, what it is you want your house to at least look like on the inside. How you want to function in your house, I think, is a great piece of advice people should think about before you really even sit down. I also recommend, again, that you have a builder and architect that have worked closely together and understand the process and understand each other. One of the other benefits that I have found is that 
everything in a custom home has been built with higher energy efficiency. And I've noticed that in my bills, even from my last house that was 18 years old, that my bills for my utilities has been so much less. So that's been a big benefit. And you move in and everything's ready to use. It's not like you have to fix something because originally I was looking at some mid-century modern ranches and thinking about maybe just doing renovations. But as I went through that process, I came to understand fairly quickly that there was going to be so much that had to be done. And would I end up with a product as good as what a custom home would be and probably spend as much money on it? So I think there's a lot of things like that that people should think about, you know, when they're looking at it. But I also think that you have to really sit down and consider what your budget truly is and allow a little extra money in that budget for anything that might pop up that is unexpected. So Amy, I need to tell you that you built your home at the exact right time because right now with material costs right now due to the pandemic, your house, and this is no joke, would probably cost another $100,000 to build. Oh, easily. Yes, Easy. we're seeing we're seeing that at the hospital mm-hmm. and holding back actually on some things that we were going to build just because of the lumber costs. Yeah. And so, yes, I did get in at the perfect time. You did. The, uh, the lumber prices will eventually come back down for everybody who's considering building, but it is something to think about now. Maybe start the design process now, and by the time you're ready to budget, prices will have, will have backed off a little bit. I introduced you to Jim, and I yes. can tell that you and Jim hit it off right off the bat. How did you end up finding us? Well, I actually did a lot of research on all the builders in the area, and I liked what I saw on your website. And then I remember calling and you saying that you were building a home that was a little bit more contemporary. You invited me to come out to that house before it was finished and take a look at it. And I met you and your team, and I immediately felt a connection. And I left there knowing that I was going to choose you. And that's the same exact thing that happened with Jim (laughs) as my architect when he sat down and started drawing out all the stuff. And I knew immediately that you understood my vision and the house that you showed me. It was perfection in my mind as far as all the finishing touches and the way it looked. And I could tell that you were very enthusiastic about it and very interested in meeting the needs that I was looking for. So it was really just the connection that I felt. And again, the reputation that I found out that you had in the area for building such a great house. Go with your gut, it sounds like. And Amy, it truly was. It was one of our favorite projects. And I know Neil, our superintendent who who ran your project, still talks about you. And and I guess when you guys get together, you end up laughing half the time from what Neil (laughs) says. So um, it's really been a pleasure. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for the advice that you are, are willing to share for our listeners because the custom building process can be so rewarding, but we want everybody to go in with their eyes wide open and understand rewarding. Absolutely. Do you have a few challenges along the way? Absolutely. Are there a lot of selections you've got to make along the way? A hundred percent. But in the end, is it worth it, Amy? Yes, totally. I think you're exactly right. You do have to go in with your eyes wide open. But now even the challenges that we had, 
it's like I don't even remember them anymore, Kim. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's encouraging. <laughs> I mean, because I love my house so much. I, I barely remember those challenges. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's nice to hear. I'll go back and tell the team. Yeah. Amy, it, it was great. Seriously, thank you so much for your time. I'm just so thrilled that you like your home because I've seen it. I've been in it since it's been finished, and it's it's gorgeous. We're going to share some of the pictures on our show notes page. So I, I encourage people to go check it out because it is a very beautiful home. Lots of people talking about it. And I'm just so happy it, it turned out to be you know such a, a good experience for you. So thanks for your time, Amy. Yeah. And I can't wait to have you and Jan over again sometime and you can really see what else I've done inside. I can't wait because I know how beautifully decorated it's going to be. This podcast is sponsored by Pella Windows and Doors. Pella is the industry leader in innovation and style. Windows have become a key element in home design, and Pella has the product and professionals to guide you to your perfect solution. Pella is cutting edge in energy efficiency, durability, and performance. If you're tired of looking through screens, check out the Pella Integrated Roll Screen that you won't see until you need it. Pella offers the broadest selection of premium products to meet any budget and any design inspiration. Allow Pella to show you what they can do to improve the style and comfort of your home. With Pella's limited lifetime warranty, you won't have to worry about windows and doors again. Call 314-714-0100 to make an appointment or visit our showroom in Chesterfield Valley. Melody, it's pretty clear after talking with Amy we make friends with our clients. We get to know them. We work with them very closely during the design process, the construction process, the warranty process. But as I tell everybody, you're building a custom home. The warranty process really doesn't end. You know, we're here to help you. We make friends with our clients. We see them frequently. I get calls from them. I talk with them often. And I think that's one of the fun parts about this is, yes, you're making their dream come true, but you're also making a new friend along the way. And I think that's part of the importance of finding a builder that you can trust as well, because building process, this is the first time that something's been built. Mm -hmm. There are going to be challenges and it's inevitable and being able to trust your builder. And as Amy mentioned, you know, being able to work through those things and really pulling it together and making the best possible home in the end. Part of that is having that really great relationship with your builder. It is. And part of that is making sure the builder has a good team in place. And we've talked about this throughout the course of the podcast. Custom home building is similar, whether you're building on the East Coast, the West Coast, up North, down South. What we're trying to do is give people a good perspective on what is the custom process like? How do you prepare to build? What should you be aware of? How do you get through the process? And so this podcast, letting Amy share her story, this is where I think it kind of all pays off so the listeners can hear from some of our past clients. Right. And the reasons and the goals and the needs for all of these clients is going to be different. That's part of the beauty of the custom home design process. And what's interesting is everybody says it's, this is going to be their forever home. They but do. They always start <laughs> off with a vision. And part of our process is discovering that vision. Mm -hmm. And one of the clients, the Vandevens, uh, tell me a little bit about their story. Larry and Kathy, just an awesome couple, grown kids, moved away from home. They were living in the South St. Louis area 
area. They had a lake house at the Ozarks. But what they wanted to do is build a little bit of a larger home. They wanted to have a swimming pool because they wanted to sell the lake house and make this the center point of their family. So they envisioned a really nice ranch home, finished lower level swimming pool. But Larry and Kathy also wanted a home that was extremely efficient. And and I promised that to Larry throughout the construction process. So just a wonderful client, still friends with them. It's just kind of that relationship that you build with your builders. So I think it had always kind of been a dream of ours to build a home that was, um, you know, to our specifications and one that fit our lifestyle. So they had this vision, but you guys worked with someone who had a little bit of a different approach to that, the Frizz family. Tell me how that was different than the Vandevins. I remember the Frizz family, Mark and Gail, because they were very diligent about doing their homework and making sure they found the right partners, if you will. So I talked with Mark and Gail several times, met with them on many occasions. This was, believe it or not, going to be the the first home that they purchased, and they wanted to make sure that this was their forever home. And they wanted a home that was extremely efficient. That was one of the things that they really looked forward to is not only building, but building a home that was just very high performing. So they wanted geothermal, they wanted solar, but they also were building on a budget. So with Mark and Gail, we had to work you know, very closely to make sure we were designing a home that was properly sized, but also had the amenities that they were looking for. Just recently on Facebook, the four-year anniversary of beginning construction on their home came up. And Mark and Gail and I all commented back and forth to each other about what a wonderful process it was and how much they thoroughly enjoy their dream home. It was a difficult decision. We looked at every possibility. We looked at existing homes. We looked at rehabbing a home. We um, talked about you know buying a home, fixing it up. And we were really close to doing that because we had a hard time finding a lot. And also the price at first of the custom home seemed a little out of reach. At the end, we decided to just go for it. We talked to Tiffany and Jim recently about, you know, creating this accessible home. That was a huge piece mm-hmm. uh, to making it a home that they could retire in place. But the Shapers, they were a really cool couple. They had some really cool design goals, too. And they had kind of a common story. Mm-hmm. They wanted to be in a specific area. And so that created a whole different challenge. They are the owners of Dogtown Pizza. So they live in Dogtown, a very historic neighborhood in the St. Louis area. And so they kept their eye out for a lot in the same area because that's where their business is. That's where they grew up. They raised a family. They did not want to move from that area. So we're talking about multi-generational families. They wanted a suite on the first floor and the second floor so Meredith's mom could move in with them. And again, just another wonderful couple. That house was built during the pandemic. We ran into some challenges, of course, with delays in material and, and construction because of the pandemic. But again, they absolutely love their dream home. Well, and Amy and the Shapers are kind of alike as well because they both looked at renovating. Yeah, and and Rick and Meredith first realized that there's no way that they could get that tall basement that Rick wanted. You know, he wanted a man cave. There's no way they could get the design of the home they really wanted. And then it also came down to the fact that they kind of did the math, if you will, business owners. They understand the accounting that comes with the two. They did the math and realized that even if we bought an existing home, Amy mentioned this, you buy an existing home by the time you do an addition renovation, you're still not going to be able to come in at a better price than if you just build brand new from ground up. Our current house, you know, the city houses, they're very charming. They're very nice. But, you know, your typical city home is tiny bedrooms, 
right. you know, small kitchens, right. um, small garages. And, um, you know, we were going to build a garage in the backyard and we were going to do this and like we were really fix seriously up the house. getting ready the to put a bunch are moving of money out. In the house. And uh, we were like, why put all this money into the house and let, let's get your mom in. And so we were like, okay, let's go look at bigger houses. <laughs> But we wanted to stay in the city, and we wanted to stay in Dogtown. You know, we feel tied to Dogtown for many reasons. Our business is but named Dogtown. We love the of Dogtown the name people. of Dogtown Pizza. We didn't be like, oh, yeah, we own Dogtown Pizza. Where do you live? Uh, Chesterfield. <laughs> you know, we, we didn't want to have that. We want to stay in Dogtown. So Rick and Meredith started off. They knew exactly where they wanted mm-hmm. to build. They decided they were going to buy that lot and move forward. But I think that the two important first parts are finding that land and finding that builder that you trust. And everybody comes at that process a little bit differently. So can you talk to me a little bit about how the Vandevins found Hibbs Homes? And they have a really interesting story about their interview process, right? They were, you know, someone, again, who asked all the right questions and did communicate with several different builders to find the ones that they were comfortable with. Amy Desart, early on, we we kind of came to the conclusion that when you meet with a builder, when you meet with an architect, you kind of go with your gut. And I think that's what happened with Kathy and Larry is when we sat down with them, we talked about what their dreams were. And then we were very active in helping them find the land that they built on out in the Eureka area, west of St. Louis metropolitan area. And so it just seemed to all fall into place very nicely. And so that's kind of how the whole process went with the Vandevins. And there was a bit of serendipity in that process, too, because they well, I'll let them tell the story. Well, we really uh, had an interesting process in selecting our builder. We um, found the area where we wanted to be and started to look at lots, and it just so happened that we found a, a house that happens to be across the street for, uh, from our home that we really liked, and we had no idea that it was built by Hibbs Homes. And so when we first met with Kim and, uh, and Jan, to talk about building a custom home and started, uh, they asked us what you know we were looking for in a home. And of course, Kathy started describing this home and and then Kim let us know that he had in fact had built that home. So um, from that point forward, uh, things moved pretty quickly. We got an opportunity to tour that home and to see some of the features and benefits of that, of that house and some of the quality of the construction and um, we just uh, really fell in love with it and became comfortable with Kim and Jan and the process and started down the road. They became really comfortable with Hibbs Homes. I always joke that it's like a marriage. You have this really close relationship with your builder. You might not always see eye to eye on stuff, but if you can trust them, it's going to come out in the end, right? Oh, 100%. And, and that's the whole thing. There's got to be that trust factor there. And, and that's why when you're interviewing builders up front, you've got to feel comfortable with them. Because think about it. It's not just during the construction, but it's during the design, the construction, then the warranty process. In some areas, you're talking a couple of years. If you're building a larger home, if you're building in certain communities, it could be a three or a four year relationship that you're trying to develop. So you, that trust factor is crucial. And Rick and Meredith, they had an experience where they thought they were going to go with someone, right? It was interesting because they had talked with a couple of other builders, a few other builders, or they tried to talk with some other builders. But then I found out that those builders didn't pick up the phone when Rick called. Rick called like four or five different people that day, and you were the only one that called that back. Is, I'm, I'm sorry, but that is just totally crazy to hear. We met with a builder, uh-huh. and... We thought he built really good homes, mm-hmm. but 
We didn't feel comfortable. I didn't and like in, it. in our business dealings, it has to feel right. Right. And she's like, I am not feeling this guy. I told him several times. I was like, I don't know. It's I'm just... like, then let's start over. And she. <laughs> I don't like it. She gave me five numbers. Let's find the best five best home builders. I looked up the ten Missouri. best builders in Missouri, which included Branson, Springfield, Kansas City, and you guys were you on guys there. Were and on I had that seen list. your name on some other lists too. I'm like, Rick, I've seen this name on a couple lists. And he's like, They're not gonna build a house. Look at the houses they build. And yeah. I was like, just call. Earlier in this season, we talked to Anna and Kylie about functional design for your home and building around the way that you want to live your life. And so we have a lot of our clients come to us with, this is how I want to celebrate a holiday, or this is how I want to approach my day-to-day life. Jeff and Jamie, we talked a little bit about solar design and Mm -hmm. how you don't want your breakfast room in the east side of your house. So tell me a little bit about what pushed the design in the Frizz home. They have a large family, so they wanted to make sure they had enough room for when all the grandkids and, and everybody came visiting. So that was one of the crucial things with them. They also wanted to kind of design their house around a piano, believe it or not, in their main living room. The kitchen was extremely important to us. The pantry might have been the most important because I remember that Gail wanted truly built wood shelves to support all of the canning that she does. And as I mentioned, the sustainability, solar, we had to take into account solar angles, geothermal. So they had a lot going on with their design, a lot of things that were important to them. We needed a big dining area because our family from Massachusetts has six kids. So when they come, you have at least 10 people around the table. And then also we have a grand piano. And it's very hard to find a home with space for both of those. But with an open floor plan and without having to have a lot of walls, like for example, on Thanksgiving or something, if we want to, we can move this and we can move it over a little that way if we want to. And, you know, we don't have walls to hinder us. Everything that's essential is on one level and the doors are wider than in most homes. And, you know, we had the higher toilets and, you know, the higher cabinets and just things that are going to make it easy to transition to that. If the Lord allows us to live long enough to that time of life where we aren't able to get around too well. And when we talked about sustainability with Tiffany um, in the last episode, one of the things that she brought up was not only not having to redesign your home as you age, but also having the garden out back and being able to pull those things in. But the shapers, they had a unique approach to the way that they wanted to set up a two-story home. We heard a lot about having a ranch. Mm -hmm. Their lot basically dictated what we were able to build for them. Yeah, a ranch would have been something that they would have preferred because they they did not necessarily want stairs, but anybody understands the Dogtown neighborhood, old, you know, kind of a quintessential neighborhood here in the St. Louis area. You just don't have that width on a lot. So they knew they were going to have to build up for a two-story. But what was the most important thing for them was making sure they had a master suite on the first floor and a master suite on the second floor, some of the multi-generational living that we talked about during episode number nine. The main floor master is actually, because uh, my mom's going to move in with us. And Mother-in-law she's, suite. Yeah. Ish. Yeah, and she's uh, disabled, um, so she can't really do steps or anything. And that's the reason we have the first, the one garage that's on the first floor, too. It, easier to get our parents his parents and my mom that are older in and out of the house more comfortably. And something really key in the design of this house 
is we designed this house for our future. She has bad knees. We're getting old. We're not old yet, but we're, we're getting old, and we hope this to be our forever house. So down the road, her and I can reside in the first floor of this. So we designed it as our future ranch, and we can close off the upstairs. Aside from the lot specifications, there's a personality to Dogtown Homes. We're an infill builder in a lot of areas, and we're dedicated to maintaining the character Mm -hmm. of the places that we build, even though we're building a brand new home. And part of that in the Shaper Project was their front porch. You know, I mentioned how important it was to have two master suites, first floor and second floor. There were two other must-haves for them. Number one was a large deck off the back because they sit up a little bit higher, so they, they really do kind of overlook part of the greater St. Louis area from their deck. But the other thing that was crucial for them is they wanted to design the house to have a large front porch. And it's very simple why, because the Dogtown neighborhood Everybody is out and about. Like you borrow the line from Cheers, everybody knows your name. Well, what they wanted to be able to sit on their front porch and have people come up and sit down and have a beer with them and just talk. And so that was the other component that was extremely important to Rick and Meredith. A lot of the new houses going up, they have no front porches. Uh, But all the old houses in Dogtown, people have, you know, front porches. You know, you can hang out. You can talk to your neighbor. You can even talk to your neighbor two doors down right off the porch. And uh, all these new construction houses that were popping up had the garage front and center. You know, when you pull up to the house, that's what you see as the garage. And then you walked up a skinny staircase to the front door. And you can't even put a lawn chair on the in front of your front door. So that was something we had to have a front porch. Now, when we had Anna and Kylie on, one of the things that we also talked about is how people are really personalizing the inside of their homes. They're taking more design risks to make their home feel more specific to who they are. We hear a lot about statement tile and things mm-hmm. like that. I think people don't don't really think about the layout of the house, the architectural stuff. They really think about those selections, but it can be an overwhelming process sometimes. You're right, because there are so many selections that have to be made. That's where it kind of comes back to, is your builder organized? Does your builder have a design team or a selections coordinator? We do, because we think it's extremely important to have someone to help your clients make these decisions and make the process, which seems so overwhelming, a lot easier. And the shapers, they were a little nervous about it at first. Selections were yeah. sometimes Selections, a, a little difficult. Um, simply having never had to go through that type of process and especially trying to envision everything together when it's being picked out weeks and months apart. And I mean, there was times that we were little, I don't remember what floor we picked. Which floor did we go? You know, it's like... <laughs> Just trying to keep everything straight and uh, then being fearful that nothing was going to look good together. <laughs> I can tell you everything looks great. It did together. come together. It did Absolutely. come together. Rick, do you agree with that as far as the selections? Yeah. It, like, we don't want to change a paint color. At, at this point, we haven't Mm-mm. said, oh, we should have done this. And, that. you know, that's what makes you feel good about the house is we've come in and you know, we set up our main room and our master, and, and we're relaxing. We don't feel like we should have done something different or any. It just feels right, and that's that's nice. So the Vandevins, they also mentioned that they were a little nervous about the selections process. Uh, uh, Melody. 
All of our clients do. <laughs> I take that back. There's some of them that that come raring to go, but I think selections are probably, you know, it's the one aspect of building a custom home, the great unknown, right? And I think that's what does give a lot of our, our clients angst, but it's how you work with them, right? Right. So, and picking out all of these pieces, every knob, every hinge, it can be a little overwhelming, mm-hmm. but Hips Homes has a process in place to help keep track of that. We have a process for everything. All good builders do. Yeah, we actually, it's called co-construct. A lot of custom home builders will have some sort of a software, you know, project management tool that they use. Ours is cloud-based, but it allows us to do a really good job communicating with our clients. Not only do they get to see schedules, but they'll do things like, you know, sign off on approval documents and purchase orders and all. But co-construct really helps us stay organized. And that's what helps our clients too. Kathy's got an eye for decorating and did most of the decorating, uh, all the decorating, but uh, it turned out that it wasn't nearly as overwhelming as I think we thought. Some of the technology that Hibbs Homes uses, like Co-Construct, for example, makes the selection process a little bit easier. It makes it easier to communicate uh, the selections that you have. It ended up being less stressful than we thought and more fun. The selection process for a custom home is, is somewhat different than a, more of a track home. So, for example, you're faced with a decision on every knob, knob and hinge and color, and, um, and you're, you're kind of hopeful that it all comes together at the end and it, and it looks nice together. And uh, Kathy did a really good job with that. And we also had uh, uh, the help um, of a designer that Hibbs assigned to us that we were able to take Uh, to a couple of the different vendors and she was able to kind of work with us and more or less just sort of reassure us that what we were picking was would look good together and in fact i think it it turned out quite nice we had help with the co-construct so we could kind of put everything together we had a lot of samples where we could um, take from vendor to vendor and kind of decide what we were looking for and what would go together. And the vendors were also very helpful with helping us pick things that they thought would look good together. So it was hard, but it was fun and it was uh, a lot easier than I thought it would be. A lot of things just found pictures on either Pinterest or House of things that I liked and kind of tried to put it all together. I really didn't have a vision, you know, starting out. We had some floor plans that we liked. We definitely wanted the open floor plan for entertaining and but it was it all just kind of came together fairly fairly easily really for what I was thinking it was going to be. Wow, it's really interesting and and kind of comforting to know that a client actually felt the selection process was rather easy because, Melody, many times they'll come to us and one of their biggest concerns is getting through the selections process because there are so many moving parts and pieces and so many decisions to be made that it can feel overwhelming at times. And isn't it funny? That's kind of the reason that they want to build custom, but it's the most intimidating (laughs) part, right? Such a good point. So, I mean, and the Vant events, they had a really good point that... You get in and you have the co-construct software to kind of help with facilitation. And the communication is such a key component to what we do 
as a builder. And it's important when you're selecting a builder to make mm-hmm. sure that you talk about what that process is going to be like. Yeah. And, you know, I, I bring up our core values occasionally because communication, unmatched communication is one of our core values. And, and without communication during the custom process, it really is difficult to build a custom home. So great point there. And, and you know, we talked about that important component of communication. Another important component to how we build is high performance home. We've talked about it before. Back in the day, they were called green homes, but we've taken that terminology to a different level. We prefer high performance because I think it gives you a, a better understanding of the totality of the build. We talked about the greenwashing aspect mm-hmm. of it. You know, some people don't just trust it if you're sticking a an energy efficient sticker on something. And earlier in the season, we talked to ResNet about the process and how we get a rating for all of our homes. And we've actually had clients who have come to us specifically for the energy efficient savings that they get over the lifetime of their homes, like the frizzes. Yeah, the frizzes were one that were very keen on making sure that their home was high performing. Utility bills is only a part of it, lower utility bills. We're, only, we're building homes that are more comfortable. I, I always use the, the terminology room to room and floor to floor, because a lot of times people will come to us and say, we're looking for not only a high performing home, but something that's very comfortable. The home we're living in right now, you can go upstairs and it's really hot in the summer or cold in the winter, and we don't want those temperature differences anymore. So because of the way we build, and we discussed it earlier in our in our podcast series, we build differently and we can help mitigate those differences. So we've got the managing the utility bills, we've got the comfort of the home, but also the durability. Our homes are much more durable, and quite frankly, they also have much cleaner indoor air quality. I think one of the buzz words that uh, we're hearing more and more has to do with healthy homes. Gene Meyer talked about it a lot with Thrive Home Builders. It's one of those terminologies that more and more builders are starting to pay attention to, especially post-pandemic, because people are really wanting to make sure that the environment in which they're living, the indoor air quality, is as good as possible. And I know that was specifically important to the Frizz family when we built them their home. One of the things that I wanted was building material that wouldn't have off-gassing or things that were toxic, uh, like, you know, the paint and then just the wood. We both have pretty bad allergies, so that was one of the reasons for building green. Plus, recycling. You know, I wanted someone that when we tore, if we tore down something, that they would recycle. So that was really a big part of it also. Many of the upgrades we do, Melody, you really can't even see them. Insulation is one of them. We have many different ways of insulating our home. We can do the typical fiberglass bat and still provide a very highly efficient home. But most of the time we try to upgrade, we either do what's called a bibs, a blown-in blanket insulation, or we also introduce foam into the package as well. So there's a lot of different ways that we can go about accomplishing what we want to within the home. Quiet energy efficient. And even watching the process is pretty cool. We have some videos of the the blown-in insulation and the foam expanding. It's very satisfying to watch. <laughs> it is. And you, you hit on a key term a minute ago that was very important to the Frizz family, and that is quiet. So one of the upgrades that we did to make the home more energy efficient was to put six-inch walls on the first floor so that we were able to uh, get more insulation <clears throat> the blown-in blanket insulation, and it provides an unexpected benefit. It makes the house incredibly quiet. We live on a, you know, one of the roads that 
passes by has quite a lot of traffic and we, we don't, never we, we don't even notice we don't notice any of the traffic still one of the main reasons someone will come to Hibbs homes is because they know that we will provide them with a home that's extremely efficient and that's exactly what the Vandevins were looking for and we were able to deliver it to them I remember talking with Larry after they had moved into the home they have lived in it for a couple of months and he told me that his current heating and cooling bills for a home that is twice as large as the home they moved out of was identical. So he was shocked by that. And that's really what many of our clients come to us asking us to do. And you can get more energy efficiency, so to speak, with a newer home because, you know, everything's sealed and brand new. But it's the performance over the lifetime of the home as well. These high performance building techniques that make a huge difference in what it's like to live in that house every day and pay for those utilities. The efficiency of this home is amazing. I mean, it's one of the one of the highlights, really. I mean, it's something that people don't see, but uh, we feel it every month. I think that's one of Hibbs' home strengths is, is you know energy efficiency. Before we started, we walked through the, the, the home that I mentioned earlier that, you know, that Hibbs had built and saw some of the energy savings features and um, we're very impressed by that. So we kind of wanted to incorporate that into our home and the results have been, frankly, uh, unbelievable. So our heating bills during the winter have been roughly half of, of what we spent at our previous home, which it's been truly amazing. Now, Kim indicated to me that we, it would be efficient but I had no idea how efficient. That's been a pleasant surprise. The house is really comfortable from room to room and the temp, you know, it maintains a, a fairly even temperature. And uh, that's not always been the case uh, with some of our previous homes. Working with uh, the, the vendors that, that we did, we were able to get the right size equipment for the home and it performs very efficiently and just maintains a very comfortable temperature and good indoor air quality. The Shapers were looking for something a little bit different. I mean, they were looking for, obviously, a home to be designed for the way they're living today and to have the extra space for their for the mother-in-law and, and that type of thing. But they did want a high-performing home. And what was really funny is the story they shared with us kind of during the middle of the build, and, and you tell it pretty well. Well, they came to us, and they're like, oh, this is a great house, but we're watching TV, and wow, we're building this high-performance home and we didn't even realize it. Yeah, and they, they specifically refer to HGTV. There's a program called, uh, it was with Mike Holmes. I think it's Holmes on Homes or, or something like that. Very hard and, to say. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm surprised I got that out. But I think it, it was interesting because I've watched that show and to watch the techniques that he builds with, it really is the best of the best. And he is focused on delivering a high-performing home that is extremely efficient, et cetera, et cetera. And so it kind of clicked when Rick and Meredith were watching that show. To your point, they said that. They said, oh my gosh, this is the home that's being built for us. We're excited that it's a custom home. Now that you've schooled us on the difference between what makes it a custom home mm -hmm. compared to a track home, it's not always, it's not square footage, it's not finishes, it's, it's how well it's built. It's how thick the walls are and how good the shingles are and how good the insulation. And like you said, the, the furnace and that. And um, I don't know if you guys know, there's a show out there. It's a guy, Homes on Homes. Yes. And he Mike just Holmes. knows yep. to how to build right. And we're always like, boy, we, we love, 
you know, him to come in and do our old house but one you know day what? or something like That's that. That's the way we're building your house. If we you know. look at his construction practices, we said that last night. We're yeah. building it the same I way. I go, Meredith. Yeah. I looked at her. I said, I think we're getting yeah. something that right. Mike Holmes would, would yeah, approve of. Yeah, we're using of. the two by and six And that made us more, ex- and, yeah. more mm-hmm. excited that we're just getting that solid home. That's what I, uh, yeah. That, that excites me. So they were really excited about the high-performance aspects of the home, and there were a lot of surprises that came with this project. I mean, everything that went left when it should have gone right went left. Yeah, and really it happened early on in the in the process. And we, we try to warn everybody that when you begin a custom project, especially during the excavation phase, you do have to be prepared for, for a couple of different things, whether it's rock or possibly if it's in an area with infill construction, maybe there was a home that had been dem- demolished and, and had been covered over, or maybe you run into plastic or clay soil, as we call it here in the Midwest. If you run into any of those scenarios, it is going to be a surprise, which means it's going to cost extra money, but we help our clients through it. But what we ran into with the Shapers was a first in the 17 years we've been building, and it caught everybody off guard. Well, in the spoils of the cistern, um, tearing and digging that out, I think we found about 33 bottles, anywhere from like one ounce medicinal bottles up to gallon sized jugs. And it's amazing they survived. Uh, Some of the bottles we found were from 1902. And most of them were from the early 1900s. We did find one bottle. I can't remember the year now. I think it was like 1863 or 18. Oh and it was like actually like a beer bottle. And this company was only in existence for like one year. Yeah. We looked it up on the St. Louis website wow. and they had a business license for one year. And we have one of those beer bottles. That is so cool. And, and, and you even caught the interest of one of the local TV stations. Rick, you were a star that night. Demo crews spent hours digging up what's believed to be a cistern in Dogtown dating back to the 1880s. Cisterns have been around for centuries. Some can hold thousands of gallons of water. They collect rainwater to later be used for drinking, baths, washing clothes, even flushing toilets. It's what was inside the cistern that has Shaper so blown away. These are a lot of them are apothecary bottles, medicine bottles. Covered in dirt, but in surprisingly great condition. For Shaper, this discovery just adds to the historic charm of an already historic neighborhood. So I think the takeaway there is trust the builder, trust the process. We will get you through it, even though it might have been something we've never been through before. Just trust that that we are there to be your advocate and we'll, we'll help you through it. And now you have something to laugh about and, and look back on the process and realize that this is a story that you'll forever be able to tell when talking about the construction of your new home. Think of it this way. Having the right builder on your side means you're going to be prepared for those unknowns. And you can trust that the solution is going to be handled appropriately. Mm-hmm. So this seems to keep ringing in our ears. Find <laughs> the right builder. And it's it's funny because I, in talking with Rick and Meredith throughout the project, you know, we followed them for a, for a full, you know, season as far as we, when we built the home. And there are so many ebbs and flows and so many emotions up and down when the project is going on. And of course, the cistern story is one that had a happy ending. But in talking to them about the construction process, it was interesting too, because, you know, they were open about how they would show up at a certain time and think, oh my gosh, this looks great. And another time they were a little bit more more concerned. So, you know, it's one of those roller coaster rides we talk about. 
Right. And optical illusions. Mm -hmm. You know, I always think about when the foundation is being poured, that's that moment that the house seems like it's coming together. Mm -hmm. But you don't really get a sense of what the house is really going to look like right up front. There's a little bit more space than what we envisioned. It's definitely an optical illusion type thing. You know, when it was just concrete, we were like, oh, my gosh. What what are we doing? This seems tiny. And then you get, you know, the framing up and still it just didn't quite seem right. And it's strange how when you get the walls on and get cabinets in and it seemed a little better. And then when we got our furniture in, it was like, oh, there's actually more space than we thought. Plenty of space. It's it's really strange. (laughs) So the building process is different for everyone. It's a different house. It's being built for the first time. And the shapers, the Vandevans, everybody had a little bit of advice to give about what to expect during the construction process. And what's interesting is we do try to debrief, if you will, our clients right after them and ask everybody, what is your advice to help us improve? And this gives them a chance to tell our listeners what their advice is. I would just say be patient. It's true. You know, especially for us, you know, COVID hit and it really kind of changed things as we went along. In the beginning, it wasn't quite... I guess is bad, except, you know, only one trade being in at a time slowed the process there. But then near the end is just everything being longer to get supplies. You know, uh, I had people saying, did you guys already order your appliances? Because I hear that appliances are running weeks at a time and they should have done that already, you know. Wood for the fence, stuff like that. Yeah, wood for the fence, furniture, you know, we're... It's just everything's taking a lot longer, but still at that, just having patience, period. You know, having never been through the process ourselves, not knowing what to expect and what we were getting into, we just had to sit back sometimes and trust the process. Yeah, and trust in it. Sitting back and enjoying the process is one piece of it, but they really (laughs) had to kind of take a back seat for a little while because they had everything that could go wrong went wrong. They were building in 2020 and moved in in 2020. So you know what that means. Yeah, we had, uh, we were in the, in the height of the COVID pandemic. Of course, that affected everything about the way we built it. It affected the number of trades that we could have working on the project at one time. It affected supply chains. We had disruptions everywhere. It started to affect the cost of of all our construction materials. So I have to give the shapers, you know, kudos for what they, they lived through, not only the cistern, the excavation issues, the pandemic and everything else, but it was one of the more challenging years we faced, and yet they came through with flying colors and it'll again be a story they can look back on and talk about the building process and I truly believe they're going to laugh about it you know a few years down the road. So I joined Hips Homes at the beginning of 2020 and I guess maybe a month afterwards the pandemic hit and what I saw was our company responded so well because we had tools in place that we could stay in communication with our clients. Mm -hmm. Our staff is so passionate about what they do. And so they stuck with our clients, made sure that they felt comfortable with the process the whole way. Um, And it's not just that we had co-construct in place for communication, but I think we learned a lot about working with people from a distance because we couldn't be in the same room with them. And I I wonder if that's going to set us up for the future a little bit differently. I think so, because I think everybody learned a different way to communicate. We've 
we've always been really good at it, but most of our communication is always in person. Now that we've gone to the world of many Zoom meetings, we've had to learn how to communicate differently. But I think in the long run, and this is something the Vandevins experienced during their build, is that no matter what might be happening around the build, communication is still the key to making the project a success. I think uh, when you build a custom home, communication between yourself and the builder and some of the vendors and so forth and making sure that everybody is on the same page. And I think that Hibbs Homes is exceptional at that part of the process. Uh, We were in contact with Kim or one of our superintendents nearly every day and uh, they kept us informed uh, as to what was happening. And and I think communication is the key to, you know, eliminating the stress. And that's what I think that we appreciated the most. Melody, what we appreciate the most is being able to build a family their dream home. As a matter of fact, that's really our purpose, is building one dream at a time. And so to get to work with these families and to build their dream home and to do it in such a way that we know they're moving into a home that is extremely high-performing, efficient, great indoor air quality, durable, comfortable, that's who we are, and that's what makes us smile. And so it's, it's just awesome to hear from some of our clients after the projects and to hear some of the things they have to say about the project and, quite frankly, about how we did for them. And I always like to think that as they're pulling into their dream home, that they're smiling every day after <laughs> work, right? We hear so often that people say their home is like a vacation home or they mm-hmm. modeled it after a vacation home. And I can't imagine what that first day is like for all of them, but I love hearing about it. The day we took possession was uh, was an exciting day for us. Um, we had, Because we had visited the site so often during the process, it wasn't a big reveal but we did, in fact, really enjoy that day, and it just felt great, you know, to, to be here finally and, and be able to live in this thing that we had been, you know, seeing come together over the course of a year. Once we, uh, once we, we moved here, we fell even more in love with the area and the home itself. It feels like we're on vacation every night when we get home from work, which is a, which is a great feeling. It's, it's really almost... A, a lifestyle change, I guess you'd say. It's it's been it's been great. And as I drive through St. Louis, I think, oh, I looked in house on that street, have that street, that street, that street, and I think I have the best house. And I would say that I am still just so happy with all the choices that we made. It was a great feeling, but you know, at first we thought we were in renting someone's brand new house in Airbnb, and <laughs> lo and behold, it's ours and. It's still new to us, and yeah, it's, it's so a great, surreal. great, great feeling. Now more than ever, it's important for you and your family to enjoy the spaces you're in most often. Count on the experts at Ferguson Bath, Kitchen, and Lighting Gallery to help you make the most of home and create a space you'll love to live in together. Shop online or schedule a personalized consultation to discover stunning products from the comfort of your own home. What's interesting is the market that we find ourselves in right now. Many people are having to look at many different homes because the housing market right now is totally unpredictable. Homes are not staying on the market long. There's competitive bidding. We have 
extreme pressures when you're building a new home. So fortunately for the Vandevins, the Shapers, the Frizz, they all built at just the right time and, and, and got in. But the market is totally different right now. Well, a lot of people are paying 30 and 40 over list price mm-hmm. for somebody else's floor plan, somebody else's problems. And so I think that's why we're seeing so many people call and they're like, you know, I, I'm just ready to build my dream home. And we've been talking about, you know, the the benefits to building a custom home. And some people might be wondering, okay, is now a good time with, with some of these headwinds that we're facing with pricing and all? And and we've had good conversations with Trisha McConkie, who's our uh, one of our favorite lenders in the St. Louis area. We've talked with Ace Alec, our favorite lender out in the Salt Lake market. Everybody seems to agree that because of historically low interest rates, you really should pursue your dream. Yes, prices are high right now. Yes, it might be a while before they come down, but take advantage of these low interest rates. Now really is a great time to build a custom home. And I think that's why we decided to start from step one this season as well, is because it is kind of a different approach. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you may be facing some higher material costs, but that's a little bit unpredictable. We don't really know if or when those are going to go back down. And if they do go back down, they're not going to go back down to what they were in 2019. Right. But we do know that interest rates are low. We do know that more people are used to value engineering a design. We do know that, you know, working with a builder who has an in-house architect can help you do that. And, you know, that's kind of each episode that we've gone through. It is so applicable. It's been a fun season because it did. I remember at the very beginning, I can still hear, you know, the, the words that we were talking about. What's old is new again, because the whole industry has changed over the past couple of years. So to your point, that's exactly why we wanted to kind of revise the podcast this season, season number three, with much more updated information. And I think it's been a great season. It's been fun having you a part of it. Chris Pedigo, our director of construction, we've had some awesome guests. Hopefully, we've been able to provide our listeners with a lot of helpful information when it comes to, you know, their desire to build their dream home. I think it was great getting to talk to builders and professionals from other states, mm-hmm. too, and um, talk to some of our partners that we've been working with in Utah over the last year, too, um, about some of these basics as well. And Because we know that people from all over the United States listen. We mm-hmm. get to hear from them. And we would love to hear from them. We're here to help you. If, if we can help you find a builder in another part of the country, if we can help answer questions about the custom process, that's what this podcast is all about, to help people understand why it's a great opportunity to build a custom home no matter where you're living. And we also like the educational part of what we do. And that's why we're going to kind of take a little bit of a different format moving forward for the rest of the year before we launch season four four of our podcast, we're going to be doing what's called Art of Custom Live. So Melody, tell us more about that. It's basically a a live Q&A version of our podcast. So we have all of these great resources that are going to come on and talk to us about current news. So, you know, if there's something big that goes on in the market that we can address it right then. Um, And then we're taking questions from people that are very specific to their situation as well. And yesterday we had Trisha come in and talk to us a little bit about this construction price versus APR. And we had some amazing questions Mm -hmm. from fellow professionals. And we also had some people who were in the process with us that decided to jump on and ask some of those questions that maybe they hadn't had a chance to yet. And that's what we 
enjoy. We truly do like helping people understand and learn. So always feel free to, to reach out to us through uh, Facebook, through our website. Love to hear from you. Season four of The Art of Custom will be back later on this fall, fall of 2021. So we look forward to another successful season there as well. And I'd like to remind everybody, if you maybe you're catching this episode, we had you know nine great episodes before this one. So go back either through Apple Podcast or Spotify, because it has been a wonderful season. And hopefully we've helped educate our listeners to just what a great process building a custom home is. And follow Hips Homes on Facebook um, in order to get alerts about the Art of Custom Live. We'll be sharing that on the Art of Custom podcast page as well. But that's a really great way to kind of even follow some of these builds and projects that we're working on right now. Some of the beautiful pictures. Yes. So that's going to wrap up season three. We certainly have enjoyed you joining us throughout the season. And we look forward to having you join us again for season four in the fall of 2021. For more information, visit www.artofcustompodcast.com or find us on Facebook as The Art of Custom and on Twitter at Art of Custom Pod. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts to get the latest episodes and please rate and review to help us grow. The Art of Custom is produced by Hug Monster Sound with original music by Adam Frick-Ferdine. Thanks for listening.